0: Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show.
1: You've tuned into the fastest one-hour in Christian talk radio. Many thanks to Jose Cruz and Ace Andrews, who will be engineering the show today and taking all your calls. I'm your guest host, Dan Schock, filling in for Jim Brangenberg, who's on vacation. God bless you, Jim. Hope you have a nice time with your wife. Check out the latest on our website, iWorkForHim.com. And while you're out there, please prayerfully consider joining the I Work for Him Nation. Start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. I work for him as on the air so that you and I know how to engage the lost in the workplace. You see, our workplace is our mission field. And in that mission field, you and I, we may be the only Jesus our co-workers and employees may ever meet. Most of us need a paradigm shift in our minds in order to recognize our workplace as our mission field. Listen to what Romans 12:2 says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So, every day we're going to take a different approach to looking at the way you and I think about our faith at work. Today, we're going to talk about marketplace ministry and leadership. And we have Mark Graham joining us for our discussion. How are you doing, Mark? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on the show today. And I wanted to ask you, uh, what is Jesus doing in your life today, Mark? How's he making a difference to you? Well, uh, he is the difference in my life.
2: Without Him, we have nothing. And uh, am, I, am I hooked up here, right? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I'm kind of a rookie at this. You've got to give me a lot of instruction, Dan. <laughs> You've been taking good care of
1: me up till now. So. Yeah, yeah, just right in front of the mic, yeah. you're, you're doing good. Okay.
2: No, I mean, Christ is the difference in my life and your life. And without Him, we really have nothing that's worth anything. So uh, what's really happening in my life right now is this whole transition I'm going through. And I need Him more now than ever because uh, I need to be able to trust that he's going to keep me on the right path and get done what we need to get done and make an impact for the kingdom.
1: Well, Mark, you've been in business for a long time. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that you're a spring chicken, but you're a seasoned business executive. You've been a former CEO. um, And now you're starting to get into a a kind of a marketplace ministry role with the CBMC Leadership Institute. So why did you decide to make the jump from full-time business into this marketplace ministry called the Leadership Institute. Well, it's all your fault, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I got you into this mess.
2: <laughs> it's all your fault. It's uh, you know, it goes back to uh, probably around November of last year when we were in that group uh, setting. Once a month, we met together and we went over that book called uh, uh, "Your Business Is a Mission." Mm-hmm. And as we went through that, it basically had four parts. And the first part talks about how your business is uh, vocational, and you're in business to make a living, take care of your family, help others, uh, provide for yourself and those that are, you know, that are important to you, and also for your employees to make, make a living for them. The second part was really about relations, that your business is relational, and you, you, know, you build relationships with people for being in business. It just happens that way. And then the third part, and this is the part that really got me, it was really about intentionality said, your your business should be intentional. And as a business guy, I always sat down at the beginning of the year and did my game plans and made goals and, you know, revisited our mission statement and went back over what our vision statement was and laid out our strategy for the year and how we were going to grow the business and do better things. We always considered ourselves doing the right thing. Uh, We tried to live by our Christian principles. We wanted to be givers. We wanted to make an impact out there, but to be honest with myself and with the Lord, I had to really look at my whole business and say, "Is it really intentionally a kingdom business?" Right. Do I sit down here and really plan out the best way to use this business to make an impact for the kingdom? And I had to say no. And I was really, really got you. You remember, I got kind of emotional about it, and I thought, "This is this is something. Not only am I missing, but..." most business guys are missing. And the last part of that was your business is operational. How do you operate your business as a Christian? And how do you operate it that's not only pleasing to God, but makes an impact on the kingdom? And it just, you talk about para, paradigm shift earlier. It really was a paradigm shift for me to have to sit down and analyze myself and my practices and what I was gonna go go through forward to really make an impact for Christ and for the kingdom.
1: Great. As part of my business. So as people are driving home today, they've had a long day at work, and we just want to give a quick overview. CBMC, the marketplace ministry that both of us are affiliated with, uh, stands for the Christian Businessmen's Connection. Uh, It's a marketplace ministry that's been around since the Great Depression, and it's got a very um, distinct mission, and that is to help business and professional men uh, carry out the Great Commission by becoming – more evangelical, or learning how to share their faith everywhere they go, and then to learn how to disciple others to carry out the Great Commission. So we have some distinct affinity groups that are starting to emerge as part of our uh, ministry, and one of those is called the Leadership Institute that you are now going to become the chairman of, and you're leading the effort towards senior business leaders. How does getting senior business leaders together impact the kingdom of God?
2: Well, the studies show that a typical businessman has influence on over 500 people so if you look at not only his business and employees but the impact he has on his vendors affiliations all the people he knows that's a great a great harvest to be had if you can just influence him to influence others right right
1: well that's good and I know that CBMC has a heart for the business and professional man and I know that with this new affinity group where we're going to be concentrating on the leaders in the business community, the senior business leaders. It's uh that's going to be an interesting discussion. Okay. Now we've been talking to Mark Graham about the CBMC Leadership Institute. So let's let's get right back into it. Mark, we were talking about what does it mean and how do how does getting senior business leaders together impact the kingdom of God. And I want you to finish your thoughts on that.
2: Well, first of all, uh, when you mentioned the book, it's it's so interesting that the senior business leaders that I've met, and we talk about mission statements and value statements, all those kinds of things that business guys do, almost to a one, if I ask them, do you have a personal mission statement? They'd say, I never thought about it. And I came to grips with that as a... Uh, uh, you know a business guy about I, don't know, I wrote the book and i think 11 but years before that i was at a business retreat and we were studying words like what does success mean and uh wealth and all these different things that are tied to business and i had a real check in my spirit about what am i really doing i mean what is my real mission here and I had to take a look at myself. And as we studied these words, and I heard other people talk about and, and this was a secular type of meeting, but it came down to what am I going to do with what God gave me?
1: Right, exactly. Let me just jump in and say, you know, as I studied the Bible and the Apostle Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul went through a great deal of trials and tribulations, right? He got shipwrecked, he got burnt, he got snake bit, he got... Uh, beaten with the lash. He got thrown in jail several times. And yet he still stayed focused on what the Lord had for him to do. Now, most of us would fall away after the first jailing, I think, for our faith, I think. But one of the things I've come to understand about the Apostle Paul was he was very, very mission focused. He had been given a mission by the Lord. He knew what it was. He probably said it to himself every day. And boy, was he focused on accomplishing what he was handed to do. And I like that about your book, Mission Possible. It's about writing your personal mission statement so you stay focused on what you're supposed to be doing, right? Right. So, hey, we're going to give away a copy.
2: Yeah. So for me, it was when I, when I boiled it all down, my personal mission statement was is maximizing my God-given talents to make a positive impact on everyone I come in contact with.
1: And is that something you think about every day? Every day. Okay. So it kind of guides your decision-making.
2: Yeah, so when I'm about to meet someone or I'm about to make a decision, I'll typically look at what God gave me and say, what do I do with what God gave me to do the best I can do in this particular situation?
1: Hey, let me change the subject here. I want to read you some stats that I pulled offline that I've heard before about men and men's ministry. Now, when a mother comes to Christ, her fu- her family will join her at church Only 17% of the time. But when a father comes to Christ, his family joins him 93% of the time. Interesting. Here's another stat. 90 million men are not involved in any kind of discipleship. Only 6 million men are involved in discipleship. Only one out of every 18 men. One out of every 18 men get involved in discipleship. That's one of the main things that me and you participate in. Marketplace ministry, helping guys grow stronger in their faith. How about this stat this Sunday, almost 25% of married church going women will worship without their husbands, without their husbands. And the last stat that I wanted to show today, 33% of 72 of the 72 million children in America tonight, 33% will go to bed without their biological dad in their house. Now, those are shocking statistics. Let me ask you a question based on that. Does capturing the man for Christ lead to other positive sides of faith like the family and his business?
2: Absolutely. I mean, if if you take a look at what our culture has done to people, men have abdicated their responsibility to their families. And it's actually promoted and it's, it's presented through the media like it's, it's okay. Well, it's not okay. I mean, the family is really dependent not just for substance and the money that a man brings in, that family needs that man to head the household just like the Bible directs us to do. They need to be there to help nurture those children and lead the children and, and to lead the spouse. And, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way that you got to lord it over your wife, but they're looking for leadership. They may not say it, but everybody's looking for leadership, particularly the wife. Whether she wants to admit it or not, they're just wired that way. You know, the word talks about it over and over and over about how we were designed specifically to lead our households. And it's really easy just to walk away nowadays. And that's what people do. But the collateral damage is these
1: children. Right we're in a cultural war. there's no doubt about it. This is a cultural battle. Um, you know I have young children, your children are probably your boys are almost my age mm-hmm. but uh, you know I have young kids at home. I'm worried about the television. I'm worried about what they watch. you know I remember getting on sitting with my father and watching uh, you know the old episodes of the Wild Wild West and Kung Fu. That was high violence back then. And nowadays, it's, it's an open door for what can go through there. We have to have special technology to filter out words on television, and, and it really kind of scares me, but it's part of this cultural battle that's going on. And I know that churches, some churches do a very good job with women, and, and a lot of churches do a very good job with children. But I've noticed that as I get to, to go around and share about CBMC and my testimony that there's not a lot of churches that do a great job with men. And I wonder if that's part of the spiritual battle and the cultural battle that we're fighting today. What do you think? Absolutely.
2: I mean, why why don't more churches have stronger men's groups?
1: It's it's befuddles me. I'm not sure. I mean the statistics are alarming that we just went through. Mm-hmm. If you capture the man, you're going to capture the family 93% of the time, the statistics say. So, in a business sense, what if you capture the business owner? Is it similar? I mean, that's where we come into play with marketplace ministry. Um, you know, our, our design is the way that we've been built. God called us out of darkness. You know, we've been made children of the Most High, but He also made us businessmen. Right. So, we get to put those two things together in a marketplace setting and help train other people on not only how to share their faith, but how to walk their faith. Faith out. So, capturing the senior business leaders, I'm very excited about what you're doing with the Leadership Institute.
2: Well, I'm I'm very excited about it. And, And you know, God ordained work from the beginning. Absolutely. He put Adam and Eve in the garden to work, and and that was before the fall. And then after the fall, it got even more difficult. But God wants us to work. He wants us to be productive, and that's a good thing. Now, what we have to do is we have to reach out to these business leaders. And, and and the ones we're reaching out to, they're all, most of them are already Christians. Right. And we have to we have to refocus them and say, What are you doing here? Right. I mean, what is this really all about? Is it just the money? I mean, money's important. do a lot. Of, I've I've got good friends of mine who say, Well, my business is my ministry. If I can go make money and I give it away, that's that great. Go do all that. But what about the rest? Mm. I mean, isn't there some room in there for some evangelism? Isn't there some room in there that some of this charity work that you give money to that you could get your people involved in? That's what that's what builds community. That's what builds trust amongst the believers Is is working together and having a common purpose. And if you can just get people thinking through your business efforts that you're different and they like that, they're going to change.
1: Well, I think part of it is a lot of Christians get sidelined. They get concerned with the the cares of this world. They get wrapped up in business and making money. And there's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with being successful. But I think part of the enemy strategy is to pull the wool over people's eyes to the point where they're sidelined. They're ineffective in sharing their faith. You called it evangelism. I call it sharing your faith. Um, you can share your faith in many different ways. We've been talking to Mark Graham about the CBMC Leadership Institute. So, okay, let's get right back into it. You know, last week, CBMC, the Christian Businessman's Connection, uh, has been hosting the Tampa Bay Mayor's Prayer Breakfast for 46 years. It just so happens that last year, I mean last week, was the event. And, Mark, you helped plan that event. Why did you even get involved with that, and what was your impression about that event?
2: Well, first of all, you asked me.
1: So it's kind of hard to say no. You've done so much. <laughs> it's for, a redundant question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But our listeners don't
2: know. That. I know. But you've <laughs> you've done so much for me, and and having been involved with it for the last number of years. Anyway, I don't. I think five or six. I've I've been to and uh, a group that I had put together along with some others to have a, a golf outing for Wally Armstrong, who was our
1: yeah, he was the speaker about five years ago.
2: About the speaker about then, yeah. and that's how I found out about CBMC. I didn't know anything. This is like an undercover operation here. Yeah. <laughs> it Best kept
1: ministry yeah, secret we, in Tampa. We
2: need, we need to get the bushel off top that light there. And, <laughs> uh, but anyway, as a result of that, I saw what happened and the impact. I was so impressed that, you know, at that time in the morning, we had at, at that particular meeting there was uh, at least eight hundred people at that meeting. Yes. And so I was just really impressed with the fact that you could reach that many people. And to come openly talk about the Lord and to pray together. And there was nothing phony about it. I mean, it's right out there in your face. And I love that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people go to area uh, mayor's prayer breakfast over in – I'm not going to mention any other cities. But the Tampa Bay Mayor's Prayer Breakfast has a very specific mission. Remember, we're talking about your own personal mission statement. Well, our mission at CBMC is to help people share their faith and then to become discipled and grow in their faith. So – you're going to hear the gospel at the Tampa Bay Mayor's Prayer Breakfast because it's, it's undergirded and hosted by CBMC. So we always have a very powerful uh, testimony. Sometimes it's a businessman. Sometimes it's a professional coach that's been in the Super Bowl. But it's always about how Jesus Christ has saved that man and how he's made a difference in his life. Did you sense that when you were at the event?
2: Oh, absolutely. But the, I, I guess the thing that really fired me up to be at least part of some of the work was that uh, these other business guys basically covered that whole event? Yes. I mean, it was really about these guys stepping up and paying fifteen hundred, three thousand dollars to be a sponsor to host that and get people there, and that really touched my heart. That you know they're serious about. it. So there's there are people out there that are really trying, and CBMC is just a facilitator to make all that happen. Right. So look at all the people that came. I mean, look. I've met numerous people who told me they've come to Christ as a result of CBMC.
1: Right. Well, it's like you said, it was one of the best kept secrets. You know, I got uh, saved and then I met a Christian businessman that was the local area lay leader in 1994. I was 24 years old. I got baptized at church and I was going to the University of Tampa. And my elder at my church said, you need to find a Christian businessman because he found out I was in a business program. And I said, great. Where do I look? He said, you're just going to have to pray about it. The Lord himself will lead you to somebody. And he led me to Bill Martin. I've told this story many times, and you know Bill. And uh, Bill's still in both of our lives. But here it is 22 years later, and and a couple of years ago, I started sensing the call. I sold a business, and I came on staff with CBMC. And so as part of the area leadership team, which you are now on, um, we started praying about how the Lord wants to use this ministry that's been around forever – It was a local lay leader-led ministry for a long time, just really hosting the mayor's prayer breakfast. And as a group of men started to pray about what would the Lord want to do with this ministry, we kind of came up with a fresh vision. And it, it encapsulated itself into something we call a map or a ministry action plan. And part of that ministry action plan was we wanted to concentrate on young professionals, which has now come about. We also wanted to concentrate and capture the senior business executive and the senior professional. And that's where you came in, and uh, we started praying for a leader to lead the effort, and you're the guy. You're the guy that started to chair that effort. So let's discuss your thoughts on being strategic in that way. I mean, you see how we laid out a strategy for Tampa Bay, but let's discuss your thoughts on being strategic with ministry in general and matters of faith.
2: Well, take the same attitude you just took with CBMC. You know, you you took... CBMC developed a mission for it, and they've activated it. And with your leadership, not only do we have the prayer breakfast now, but we have these bi-monthly uh, ambassador meetings, we have these Connect Three meetings going on. We've got, and you need to talk to this before the, the hour's out here, about all the different resources that are available through CBMC and the, the one-on-one opportunities. Just like like I'm going through Operation Tennessee with Bill Martin, the same guy that took you through it, because I want to I want to see how it's done, done the right way. But that's the same mindset that I'd like to see go through the Leadership Institute, to be able to reach out to a business guy and say, why are you
1: doing this? Right, what's your purpose, what's your goals, yeah. what's your mission?
2: What, what's your mission? And, yep. and why would you join the Leadership Institute, if you really didn't want to just get better at what you're doing. right? It's not just about the business. It's it's about your personal life, and it's about your spiritual life. And if you can get involved in a group of group like this with other businessmen that feel and think and believe the same way you do, you, you can't help but grow.
1: And it helps to keep us focused on what we should be doing. You know, one of the things I loved about when we went through the Business's Mission book study together mm-hmm. was how it, it was about God. Look, this isn't about us. It's not about our business. It's about what's God's strategy. And God's strategy is, since the beginning, with Adam and Eve, he wanted to populate the planet with his kids. And now, the enemy got involved, sin got involved, but guess what? He had a bigger plan through Jesus Christ, through sending his son to die on the cross and take on the sins of the world and become the personal representative for us, should we choose to invite him into our lives. That was God's strategy. What I loved about that book was it invited the businessman who owns a business or leads a business to join God in his strategy. So his strategy is to populate the planet with his kids. That strategy hasn't changed. So we're invited to participate in God's strategy. So CBMC had a strategy for Tampa Bay as this group of men, which you're a part of, called our area leadership team, prayed about, Lord, what would you have of this ministry now? Well, we're, we're going to put somebody on staff. That's when I came on staff. I started praying for other leaders. I started praying for co-laborers to help in the harvest fields. I read through the book of Luke, and I read through that the Lord of the harvest, that the harvest is ripe out there. And with what we see in the cultural battles, with what we see for the battle for the children children's minds and the businessmen's minds. Uh, Hey, the Lord of the Harvest wants, wants laborers to be raised up and sent out into the field. So that's what we were praying for when you came around. And so you're part of the ministry action plan for CBMC in this area. And ultimately, we're just trying to adjust ourselves to what the Lord would have of us. And it's really his strategy is to get as many of his kids into the family as possible, get them activated, get them off the sidelines of faith, and help them start to focus on the things that matter most. We call that the eternal perspective. So the Leadership Institute is the portion of the ministry action plan that concentrates on the senior uh, executive. Who would be a perfect fit for the CBMC Leadership Institute?
2: Well, a, a business owner, and typically a business owner that has employees or a, a, a force of people, maybe they're just 1099 folks, but someone who's actually impacting other individuals. Not that there's anything wrong with being in business for yourself and working out of your car or whatever the case may be, but we're really looking for leaders, people who are interacting with people on a daily basis, whether it's their employees or their vendors, their associations, they're people that either they own the business or they're leading a business. So it could be a CEO, which most likely is the owner of the business, but it could also be the president of a business who's running the business. Uh, It could be an entrepreneur, who is developing a business, but they're really in business. It's, it's really not meant for a, a startup guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a place for that, maybe with the young professionals or whatever, or just some basic coaching. But what we're looking for is the, the fellow who is in business, knows what he's already doing, and wants to make an impact. And fortunately, we've, already found, we've we have found some, and their, their common response to me is, I just want to be better. They're, they're, they feel isolated in most cases. You, you can see it on them. You know, I meet meet these guys all the time, and they've, they've got walls built up around them. They, they keep people at a distance because they're afraid to let anybody get to them because they're the boss or, you know, they're the guy that's in charge. It sounds like we're getting the, the sound here to to Well, tie, to tie you know, I want
1: to make sure that for those that are listening, how do they get involved with the Leadership Institute? How do they get in touch with you?
2: Well, they can, they're welcome to call my cell phone number at 813-625-6070. Uh, I'll make sure I get back with them. Uh, most of our people are coming as a, as a result of referrals right good,
1: now. Good, good. Mark, we were talking about who's a perfect fit for the CBMC Leadership Institute in the Tampa Bay area, and we started to talk about that senior business executive uh, that, that wants to get more involved. But why should he get involved? Why should he call your cell phone?
2: Well, our mission is to help Business leaders become the leaders God designed them to be. And if, if a guy would take this to heart, a businessman, and say, am I really the guy God intended me to be? In most cases, if they're really introspective, they'll say, there's more to me than I'm given. And if this would help me get where I need to go. I met with a, a, a fellow you know very well just at lunchtime today, and he's he's joining the organization, and he is a very, very busy guy. And his thing was, I need this to get away from all the madness. I need to be able to have something once a month I can focus on that lets me interact with other business people that are not in my business, that give me good direction, take me out of my isolationism, allow me to open up and give me some direction. I know, he said, I already know how to run my business. My, my business is automatic here. He so well, I got to be get, getting better at as being the man.
1: God intended me to be you know one of the things that we've recognized from CBMC is that the isolationism that you're talking about is one of the number one threats to the Christian businessman when he gets isolated he gets pulled away you know there's so much responsibilities on today's businessman. He's typically, he's a father, he's a husband, he's managing a business. Uh, They're pulling on him at church to serve in different capacities. And sometimes he doesn't even have time to go to church. And what we see is that a lot of people become isolated. Now, I thought that this was a phenomenon that I discovered with younger guys and our young professionals, part of our ministry. But as I started to talk to some of the CEOs and presidents, I recognize that they're just as isolated as anybody else. And it is a dangerous place to be. So one of the big whys that I thought uh, behind this was, you know, getting together with a group of guys that are in a similar life position and enjoying that rare koinonia. Type fellowship that fellowship that goes with being in the family of God with guys that are going through similar things at the executive level. I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. That that has become kind of a defining moment for what many of the guys that get involved with CBMC talk about.
2: Well, there's a war going on. The enemy does not want the senior business fellow involved with other Christian business.
1: so you're saying that isolation could be a strategy of the enemy absolutely you know
2: if i can get this guy isolated then i can bring all kind of other things into play that got nothing to do with his walk with the lord and he can get tempted much easier he gets tired he gets weak he don't know who to trust and all of a sudden things start going haywire i mean there's no doubt in my mind it's happened to me yeah i've experienced it in fact, making this transition, I've extended. I shared some of this stuff with you. Crazy stuff happens. I mean, stuff you couldn't even imagine happens. And you know, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. It, it certainly didn't come from the Lord. It came from, it came from the enemy trying to to disrupt me. Get the and you said it earlier. You, you go right back to the word. It's the cares of the world that get these people isolated. They sure. they get to worrying about their business, their employees. Uh, how they're going to get to the next level, how they satisfy their stockholders, all that stuff's going on and they get away from the word. And if we can just get them and look like, the, like the fellow said, if I could just focus at least once a month with other people that have the same values and beliefs that I do and let my business be a tool to help reach others for Christ and to and to reach the community, he said, then, then, then I've done something worthwhile.
1: And I love the idea of almost, you know, we have our board of directors at our companies. We have a lot of advisors, but to have a spiritual board. To have a group of guys around me that I can go to to discuss spiritual matters, in addition to the business matters, I think that there's a you know that that's a valuable thing. And you mentioned spiritual warfare, and I just wanted to touch on that because as I talk to a lot of businessmen that are Christian businessmen, you know, is when I started to explore the idea of the Leadership Institute uh, and, and starting to focus on the senior business guys, the CEO, the president, and the business owner. I started to experience a level of spiritual warfare that I did not recognize before. Now I put together groups of guys, you know, on a weekly basis for Bible studies and for fellowship. Um, this is a high level. The Leadership Institute is a very well thought out. There's a lot of training that goes along with it. There's a lot of stuff that's uh, that backs it up from the Harvard Business School, and there's a lot of well thought out spiritual uh, lessons. So when I got very excited about this, this this is really an exciting part of the. Ministry ministry. And I was just waiting for over a year for God to raise up the leader. And then when you came along, I started getting very excited about it. And I started to to talk to some of the CEOs and presidents about this. And and I started understanding the level of spiritual warfare that are around these guys is a much higher level than at some of the other uh, people that I talked to. And why is that? You had said this earlier on the break. We're talking about influence. Mm. How many people can you influence? Um, uh, with your life. I mean, it's like this, the parable of the talents. You know, you know the parable of the talents, some guys are given more than others. Well, guess what that translates to in today's uh age? That's influence. Our sphere of influence, what we've been given. Is it a mistake that God's made us who we are? That we live in the neighborhood where we live, that we work where we work, that we have the employees and employers that we have? That's all part of this sphere of influence that I believe uh based on what I've seen through Marketplace Ministry, that God expects us to spend uh, for him. Well, God gave us not only talents, but gifts and
2: also opportunities. And the senior business leader identifies opportunities probably in a different way than a younger man does. So the senior business guy can sit back and look at how can I use this to make a real impact? The enemy knows that's what's going on. He don't want that to happen. He just wants that guy all laid up with making more money or all laid up with the problems that are spinning around him. He don't want him focused on the great commission. He wants him focused on making commissions right <laughs> it's a big difference
1: <laughs> right making commissions I like that well you know mark we have one of the things that we do as part of our ministry action plan also is every other month we have a luncheon that's called the marketplace ambassador luncheon and the design of this luncheon is to help people understand their calling from God so everybody that's driving home today by a show of hands and we can't see your hands but are you a hundred percent certain of what your calling is from God so everybody that's driving home today you're a Christian you're coming home from work or maybe Maybe you're just getting into the car and joining us, but are you 100% certain of what your calling is from God? That's the purpose of the Marketplace Ambassador Luncheon that we do every other month at the Center Club. It's kind of based on a scripture, Second Corinthians 5.20, that talks about we're given, as believers, each one of us have the same calling, to be Christ's representative wherever we go, his ambassador. That's a high-level representative, as a matter of fact. We don't want to always feel like his representative, but... Nonetheless, it says that we're his ambassador. So the question really becomes, how effective are we at being his ambassador? So some of us are driving home today. It's rush hour traffic. We've had a rough day. There's people cutting us off. You know, our emotional intelligence is very, very low. We may have choice words for people. And yet here we are. We're called to be Christ's ambassador as we're driving home. Tonight, we're going to get home to our spouse And maybe we've had a rough day. We're called to be Christ's ambassador there. Tomorrow morning, with our children tonight, tomorrow morning, we go back to work where we spend the majority of our waking hours. We're called to be Christ's ambassador there. So I'm very excited that you're going to make a personal appearance at the next Marketplace Ambassador Luncheon, which is coming up June 7th. And you're going to be sharing a little bit more about what it means to live out this calling as an ambassador for Christ. So uh, June 7th, that's going to come up at the Center Club. There's an 11 to 1 event. 11 o'clock is networking, so people that want to come early and share business cards, that's fine. The actual event is 1130 to 1 at the Center Club. And uh, we have a website for that, too. Let me plug that, behisambassador.com. Uh, We'd love for you to reserve a table, behisambassador.com. And, and Mark, you've been coming to these Marketplace Ambassador Luncheons. We've been holding these for over a year, and you've been buying tables and participating, and now you're going to be the speaker. What do you think about that?
2: (laughs) Well, it's just another place, another opportunity uh, to take my God-given talents and go maximize them to the effect of uh, making a difference, hopefully, in someone else's life. Uh, I can't tell you how many times since I've been coming to these, people come up to me and say, Man, am I glad I came to this. I really needed this. I didn't know this existed. And it, it's, a, it's a place for people, particularly business people, to come and get to meet other business people. And you, sometimes you're surprised. You just walk and say, wow, there's this many believers actually walking around out there? Because most of the world, there, there's times I look around and say, is anybody around here believing what I believe with what you see? Yeah. And I just want to address this one other one other point you mentioned, this whole thing about calling. The typical person, when they hear calling, they think someone's called to the ministry, that they gotta go be a preacher, or they gotta go work at the church, or whatever. That, that's not what the calling is all about. I mean, we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. That's part of 1 Corinthians 5, uh, Yeah, that's Corinthians the ministry. yeah that's We're right. all we're all involved in ministry of be Be reconciled to God. Well, your calling, in most cases, is wherever you're gifted. And that's one of the things that we really need to work on with people. Say, listen, God's d- designed you specifically for a purpose. And he's gifted you and given you talents to fulfill that purpose. And he's also given you opportunities to exercise those. How do we maximize that for you? You don't, you don't have to go off to seminary for that. If you want to, great. But you can go right. W- God means people right where they're at. And he's got you there for a reason. He engineers all our circumstances. So we're right there and all we have to do is recognize that. When when, when they start talking to me about this position and, and interviewing me and they looked at my all that stuff, so, Oh, no doubt you're equipped, Mark. The question are are you called?
1: That's right. And are they, are they... you called? And it was interesting that it, Mark's talking about the process of going through the CBMC headquarters. They'll interview the man like me. I was interviewed. I went through an extensive background check and an extensive application process, and they put Mark through the same process. And the key that was emphasized over and over again is you're not applying for a job. You're responding to a calling that God's placed on your life to fulfill a role that he's calling you to. He's God's giving you an assignment. And, you know, when you speak about opportunity, we just don't want to miss the opportunities that we're given. And according to that parable, the parable of the talent, some of us are given more opportunities than others. But all we're going to be judged on is what God wanted us to do. See, that's why it's so important when you consider the ministry that God expects us to do or the good works that he prepares in advance for us. We only have to worry about the things he's assigning us to do. But we have to be sensitive to those things, and we got to be careful that the enemy strategy oh. is constantly trying to pull us away from those types of things. Well, as you know, as part of the process, all kind
2: of weird stuff started happening to me. I mean, dreams and stuff that I couldn't even imagine
1: was going to happen. It was all because I knew as on the precipice of walking into my calling and making a big decision. Mark, we were having a discussion about the senior business executive, whether he's a CEO or president or a business owner, getting involved with the CBMC Leadership Institute that you're now leading and chairing in the Tampa Bay area. So that guy, you know, he's out there, he could be isolated, he could be focused on his business and his family, but he may not be focused on his spiritual side, right. and, and do you think that the Lord would want him to be around another group of men that would encourage him, and hold him accountable absolutely
2: not not unlike the discussion we just had on the break here about <clears throat> senior business leaders being more encouraged to stand up for what they believe in i think this is just part of the whole evolution here of you know more mature men who are around other mature men who have like beliefs uh, it goes back to the beginning of cbmc when they were in the depression. These guys were really shook up. I mean, you can imagine if you were in business back in those days, all the people are counting on you and everybody's starving and they're having a hard time getting anything done. They encourage each other. They lifted each other up and they built this bond. That's what's happening in the, in the, in the Leadership Institute. You get people together that want to make a difference and we encourage each other. We, we share our faith and we go do something about it.
1: That's right. And that's the key. Do something about it. Be intentional. So what we're trying to accomplish here is remove some of the barriers by putting guys together in a like-minded group, a like-minded affinity, senior business guys getting together as iron sharpens iron. How do these guys get involved with you once again, Mark? Well,
2: they can certainly call me on my cell phone, 813-625-6070. You can go on the CBMC website and you'll find a place there for uh, Leadership Institute. Uh, the, the people that are getting involved, it, it, more and more, what I'm finding is somebody joins us and says, man, this is great. I got a really good friend of mine. He's a business buddy of mine. He needs to be in this group. Right. And that's what's getting some momentum right now. Obviously, I know some people and we're reaching out to people, but... There's people listening right now.
1: They're saying, boy, I know a guy that could really use this. Right. And and please be intentional about reaching out to that person. And if anybody wants to meet you live and in person, you're going to be teaching at the next Marketplace Ambassador Luncheon that's coming up on June 7th. Uh, All the information for that is on our website, BeHisAmbassador.com. We have various websites or various events that we do around the Tampa Bay area. But Mark, I want to thank you for uh, not only for your leadership and your friendship, but for stepping up to the plate and being intentional with sharing your faith with other guys. That's been an amazing part of my journey with CBMC is meeting guys like you and just seeing you lit up for Christ and, and, and getting out there into the mix. You're off the sidelines and you're into the marketplace ministry. And I want to encourage everybody that's listening today. That could be you. So, as we come to the end of another I Work for Him show, I want to thank you for listening to I Work for Him today. I want to thank Jose for all his support and for handling the controls with precision. He is not the famous baseball player Jose Cruz. I thought he was. He looks just like him. But thanks to our show sponsors, where you can find out more about them on the iworkforhim.com website. And when you get home today, please take time to go out to our website. We record all these shows so that you can share them on the iworkforhim.com website. Uh, Also on the website, you'll find all kinds of great resources, including links to all of our archives from all of our past shows and the ability to join the I Work For Him nation and also to link to the podcast, sign up on iTunes. We learned today that our faith can impact our workplace. Mark has learned to be intentional about sharing his faith. And we want to uh, understand this is an epic battle of souls for our co-workers and employees. Join the I Work For Him Nation and commit to uh, praying for them each and every day by name. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a safe drive.